This is the London Visited podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to the Gherkin. And if you've not heard about it before, you're going to hear about it in this podcast. And a big thanks to Martin in Canada for his suggestion. Now, don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. The Gherkin, formerly 30 St Mary Axe and previously known as the Swiss Rebuilding, is a commercial skyscraper in London's financial district in the City of London. It was completed in December 2003 and opened in April 2004. With 41 floors, it is 180 metres, 491 feet tall, and stands on the site of the former Baltic Exchange and Chamber of Shipping, which were extensively damaged in 1992 in the Baltic Exchange bombing by device placed by the Provisional IRA in St Mary Axe, a narrow street leading north from Leadenhall Street. After plans to build a 92-storey Millennium Tower were dropped, 30 St Mary Axe was designed by Foster & Partners. Construction started in 2001. The building has become a recognisable landmark of London and is one of the city's most widely recognised examples of contemporary architecture and it won in 2003 the Skyscraper Award. The building stands on the site of the former Baltic Exchange, 24-28 St Mary Axe, which was the headquarters of the global marketplace for shipping freight contracts and soft commodities and the Chamber of Shipping, 30-32 St Mary Axe. The tower's topmost panoramic dome known as the Lens, recalls the iconic glass dome that covered the ground floor of the Baltic Exchange and much of what is now displayed at the National Maritime Museum. The Gherkin nickname was applied to the current building, at least as early as 1999, referring to the plan's high, unorthodox layout and appearance. On the 10th of April 1992, the provisional IRA detonated a bomb close to the Baltic Exchange, causing extensive damage to the historic building and neighbouring structures. The UK government's statutory advisor on the historic environment, English heritage and the City of London's governing body, the City of London Corporation, were keen that any redevelopment must restore the Baltic Exchange's old facade onto St Mary Axe. The Exchange Hall was a celebrated fixture of the shipping market. English heritage then discovered that the damage was far more severe than initially thought and they stopped insisting on full restoration, albeit over the objections of architectural conservationists. The Baltic Exchange and the Chamber of Shipping sold the land to Trafalgar House in 1995. Most of the remaining structures on the Baltic Exchange site were then carefully dismantled and the interior of Exchange Hall and the facade were preserved, hoping for a reconstruction of the building in the future. The salvaged material was sold for £800,000 and moved to Tallinn, Estonia, where it awaits reconstruction as the centrepiece of the city's commercial sector. In 1995, Trafalgar House submitted plans for the London Millennium Tower, a 386-metre, 1,266-feet building with more than 140,000 square metres of office space, apartments, shops, restaurants and gardens. 
The plan was dropped after objections that it was totally out of scale in the City of London and anticipated disruption to flight paths for both London City and London Heathrow airports, and the revised plan for a lower tower was accepted. John Prescott, the Deputy Prime Minister, granted planning permission on the 23rd of August 2000 to construct a building on the site, which would be much larger than the old exchange. The site needed development and was not on any of the sidelines. Planning guidance required that new buildings do not obstruct or detract from the view of St Paul's Cathedral Dome when viewed from a number of locations around London and house the Baltic Exchange. The plan for the site was to reconstruct the Baltic Exchange. The architects proposed a new rectangular building surrounding a restored exchange. It would have the type of large floor plan that banks liked. Eventually, the planners realised that the exchange was not recoverable. Forcing them to relax their building constraints, they hinted at a architecturally significant building might obtain a favourable reception from city authorities. This enabled alternative designs to be considered. The building was redesigned according to the client's needs, rather than the needs of a large, capital-efficient, money-making building. The new building's low-level plan satisfied the planning authority's desire to maintain London's traditional streetscape with its narrow streets. The massing of the tower was not too imposing. Like Barclays' former city headquarters in Lombard Street, the idea was that the passerby and neighbouring streets would be nearly oblivious to the tower's existence, until directly underneath it. Foster and Partners were awarded the tender for its design for the building in 1999. The design has been described as incorporating various architectural styles, high-tech architecture, also known as structural expressionism, neo-futurism and postmodernism. The building was constructed and then completed in December 2003 and opened on the 28th of April 2004. The main tenant of the building is Swiss Re, who had the building commissioned as the head office for its UK operation. The tower is thus sometimes known as the Swiss Re building, although its name has never been official and was never in popular usage anyway, unlike the Gherkin moniker. The building uses energy-saving methods, which allow it to use only half the power that a similar tower would typically consume. Gaps in each floor create six shafts that serve as a natural ventilation system for the entire building, even though the required fire breaks on every sixth floor interrupt the chimney. The shafts create a giant double glazing effect. Air is sandwiched between the two layers of glazing and insulates the office space inside. Architects promote double glazing in residential houses, which avoids inefficient convection of heat across the relatively narrow gap between the panes. But the tower exploits this effect. The shafts pull warm air out of the building during the summer and warm the building in the winter using passive solar heating. The shafts also allow sunlight to pass through the building, making the work environment more pleasing and keeping the lighting costs down. The primary methods for controlling wind-exited sways are to increase the stiffness or increase the dampening with tuned active mass dampers. As designed, its fully triangulated perimeter structure makes the building rigid enough without any extra reinforcements. Despite its overall curved glass shape, there is only one piece of curved glass on the building, the lens-shaped cap at the apex. On the building's top level, the 40th floor, there is a bar for tenants and their guests with a panoramic view of London. A restaurant operates on the 39th floor and private dining rooms on the 38th. Most buildings have extensive lift equipment on the roof of the building, but this is not possible for the Gherkin, since a bar had been planned for the 40th floor. The architects dealt with this by having the main lift only reach the 34th floor, 
with a separate push from below lift to the 39th floor. There is a marble stairwell and a disabled person's lift, which leads the visitor to the bar in the dome. The building is visible over long distances. From the north, for instance, it can be seen from the M11 motorway, some 32 kilometers, 20 miles away. While to the west, it can be seen from the statue of George III in Windsor Great Park. In April 2005, a glass panel two-thirds up on the tower fell to the plaza below. The plaza was sealed off, but the building remained open. A temporary covered walkway extending across the plaza to the building's reception was erected to protect visitors. Engineers examined the other 744 glass panes on the building. The cost of repair was covered by the main contractor and the curtain wall supplier. The open floor ventilation system did not operate as designed due to tenants adding glass partitions to increase security. Since its completion, the building has won a number of awards for its architecture. In October 2004, the architect was awarded the 2004 Sterling Prize. For the first time in the prize's history, the judges were unanimous. In December 2005, a survey of the world's largest firms of architects, published in 2006 BD World Architecture, 200 voted the tower as the most admired new building in the world. However, one person who worked for Foster and Partners on the design of the building said in 2011 that he believed the style was now outmoded. I was looking at the glass all around and thought, why on earth did we do that? Now we would do things differently. The building has appeared in recent films such as Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, A Good Year, Basic Instinct 2 and Matchpoint, and re-Christian the Spirit of London became the spaceship centrepiece of Keith Mansfield's 2008 novel Johnny Mackintosh and the Spirit of London. In September 2006, the building was put up for sale with a price tag of £600 million. Potentially buyers included British Land, Land Securities, Potential, ING and the Abu Dhabi Royal Family. On the 21st of February 2007, IVG Immobilium AG and UK investment firm Evans Randall completed their joint purchase of the building for £630 million, making it Britain's most expensive office building. Swiss Re made a gain of more than £300 million from the sale. The new owners are seeking compensation from four of their former managers on the deal, in which about £620 million was paid for a building, with a build cost of around £200 million giving the previous owners a clear £300 million profit. Since February 2010, Sky News has broadcast its flagship business program from a studio in the building. The top two floors of the tower have been available since at least 2015 for private hire for events. Deloitte announced in April 2014 that the building was again being put up for sale, with an expected price of £550 million. The current owners couldn't afford to make loan repayments, citing differences in the value of multi-currency loan and the British pound, high interest rates and general financing structure. In November 2014, the Gherkin was purchased for £700 million by the Safra Group, controlled by the Brazilian billionaire Joseph Safra. In the construction process of 30 St Mary Axe, a skeleton of a teenage girl was unearthed and dated as roughly 1,600 years old. To prevent damaging it through the construction process, it was stored at the Museum of London. In 2007, three years after the completion of the building, she was returned to and reburied on the site. Her tomb is visible, a mark with an inscription in both Latin and English, which reads in English, To the spirits of the dead, the unknown young girl, from Roman London, lies buried.
So I hope you've enjoyed our look at the gherkin at St. Mary's Axe and so much history laying hidden beneath it. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, just like Martin did, then please let us know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk or our social media. It's that easy. Thanks for listening and really hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll see you soon in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.